In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generals podcast after the week off last week. We are back. We are ready to go this week for the Valspar Championship. As usual, I am here with everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambolini. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm good, man. I'm back off of I, I actually don't know how, I don't know how good I am. I might need another vacation off of a vacation, uh, lacking on pretty much everything, sleep and time and preparation, all those factors, but excited to be back here with you, Kenny. We missed a week, a lot to go through, a lot's happened, but before we get into it, I want to remind everybody real quickly, sponsored by rotogrinders.com, head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGen, get yourself 10 bucks off the first month, and I'll be honest with you, Kenny, the team event, it never gets me going anyway. I just don't care enough about it. I don't care if it should be alternating both days or any days or anything, to be honest, and I don't feel like I missed a lot because I, I tuned in yesterday when I got home late. Got to see, you know, a little bit of the afternoon. And all I really found out was that Cam Smith won another Zurich, won another, won another playoff. And then I saw, you know, Louie come in second again, seen that before. And I saw 
Finau fade on a Sunday, seen that before. So I don't really think I missed that much, but how much did you tune into the Zurich Classic and what did you think of the team event or, or do you care at all? I watched none. <laughs> uh, now, none. Uh, yeah, I worked like 75 hours last week. I worked like Monday through Saturday and I worked 14 hours a day. So it's been a struggle uh, for me here lately, lately, you know, sleep and everything. So I did not watch any of the golf. When I got off on Saturday, I will say I went on the most epic bender that I think I've ever been on in my life uh, because I just had, it's just been such a stressful time. I, I drank for like 16 hours straight. Like it was, it was, it was the best thing I've done in a long time. Uh, I felt great. And then of course I was paying for it again this morning. Um, but uh, I, one good thing about the event is in my write-up, I did have Cam Smith and Leishman as my favorite play in the 10K range. So there you go. That's the one thing that I got back from uh, from from that week. And now the lawnmower man and Mr. Mullet can go ahead and, you know, can't grow his mullet more. And the lawnmower man, Mark Leishman, can, you know, go ahead and mow his lawnmower, get a bigger yard so he can mow it because you know that guy loves to mow his fucking lawn. Uh, yeah, that's really, really all I got from it. Didn't really did pay much, too much attention. And I don't think when it comes to uh, this week or any week after, it's really going to be a factor in what you should look at when you do your research. Uh, now, the thing is, I normally like team events, uh, like you know, the Ryder Cup. And I usually watch this event every year. It's fun. It's different. It's a change of place. Um, I just didn't have the time this week. Uh, so, 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 so not much of a recap. I think you went over everything that we, that you were supposed to go over. Um, I will say, uh, I don't even know, man. I, I have nothing to say about this past week. Yeah, I needed to break it. And the thing is, it wasn't even a fucking break. I just worked my ass off for fucking hours and hours and hours and hours on end. So I'm ready for this job that I'm at to be finished. So you can get back to normal for like at least a week before the next job starts. And the beginning of the jobs are always a little bit easier. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get back on track here soon enough. Uh, anything to add? No, I think you nailed it. That's pretty much my feeling of it. It was good to have a week off. Get back to the groove here now. we got a lot coming up, a lot of big events. The Valspar is always a good one. The Paul Casey special has been the last couple of years, but we'll see what happens here this week. And a lot of good guys in this field. And we're, we'll get into it. Uh, before we get into it, Kenny, do you want to shout out JPete16 real quick? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, our Listener League winner. So he took it down, put up 577. Of course, had Stewie Sink, the winner. A bunch of other guys, Grillo, Henley, Answer Fitzpatrick, Berger, Rounded out a really nice lineup overall. Hopefully you had it in some other places. Looked like a pretty good week. Some of the regulars were there. Mundell, Mac Tyson, record 62, all up in the mix. But uh, JP16 took it down. So just want to shout him out right quick. We'll send him off the link this week to get into the three men. And I know we already got into the Tournament of Champions end of year group that we've got set up there. So shout out to him for a great week two weeks ago. I know the one thing I did say that week, um, I forget what fucking tournament it was. Was it the... What tournament did Sink win? I don't even remember. My brain is so fried right now. Uh, the tournament tweet. What's up? Heritage. Heritage. That's it. I did say I love the old men that week, and I didn't play Stuart Sink. <laughs> like, I was like, let's play all the old guys, and I didn't play Stuart Sink. So that, that's how that went. And my cash king cornerstones did go for four, four for four that week. It's two out of three weeks uh, with a four for four. I think like four out of the last six weeks or something like that. So not bad, even though, like, you know, 35% of people got six to six that week. So it sort of, you know, didn't make it as impressive, but still I'll take it. I'll take it. And hopefully this week we can get a little bit more of the same. Let's get to this week. All right. So PGA tour moves to Tampa. 
for the Valspar Championship, which is going to be played at the Copperhead Course at Innisbrook Resort. It's a great course that brings like every type of golfer into play, but it's usually, you know, a lesson to the field, at least it has been two years ago. Last time I was played, it was probably the best field they ever had. Uh, this year with the PGA Championship, just three weeks away, and that's crazy. I can't believe the PGA Championship is just three weeks away. Uh, there hasn't been that much chatter about it. Uh, you know, the strength at Kew Island is great, though. I do. I'll tell you one thing. One of my first golf memories, I'm just going to go off on, on topic because my brain's not working right now. Uh, Kew Island, uh, 1991 Ryder Cup, the war on the shore. Here we get a chance to go, like, uh, do one of those old video recaps about it on Golf Channel On Demand or something like that. You just check it out. It was, when I first got into golf, I was um, I was actually at church uh, on this Sunday, and um, I snuck into like a side room to watch this uh, golfing event. I just started playing here a little pretty seriously, not seriously, but a lot of golf. I started going to like golf camp when I was 10, so I started getting into it. And um, one thing I remember, uh, Bernard Longer, uh, had a they would have won, I think, right? Uh, 89 euros won the Ryder Cup, uh, 91 they're going for back to back. Um, and Bernard Longer had a four foot putt to win it, uh, I guess, for the euros, uh, to get the cup back, and he missed it. And they ended up, uh, ended up losing, I guess, it was to tie. And if they tied, they kept the cup. Uh, and he ended up missing that on the edge. And that was like my first vivid memory of golf, him missing that putt. Uh, now he wins like, you know, every other week on the senior tour. But uh, random, random segue. And now I don't remember where I went, I went off. Okay, Copperhead. All right, great course. Every type of golfer into play. Um, you know, the middle and the top tier of this field, pretty strong. Uh, plenty of course history here. The tournament has been played at Copperhead since 2000. Uh, the course went through a renovation in 2016, but it really didn't change too much. Uh, the course is one of the hardest on tour, routinely ranking in the top five most difficult courses year in and year out. Uh, weather and wind can play a major factor. Uh, winds above 15 miles per hour is the norm. I've seen different forecasts uh, this week because it is, you know, Monday. Uh, and the worst calls for 10 to 15 mile per hour winds Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And 25 mile per hour gusts possible on Sunday. There's been a decent amount of rain in Tampa this month and some rain in the forecast on Thursday. But with temps, you know, being in the upper 80s and low 90s, I expect, of course, to still play firm and fast. Uh, if the wind is strong at all, there could be a lot of carnage out there this week. You know, a lot of, you know, if the wind picks up, it could be another single-digit type uh, under par winner. We'll see how that goes. Uh, make sure you check the final forecast Wednesday night to see if there's a tee time advantage. Uh, one tidbit of information before we get to the course, uh, 12 of the last 13 winners here had a top 10 during the season leading up to their victory at Copperhead, uh, the Copperhead course. 7,300 yards plus, uh, par 71. A little bit weird, the setup. Five par threes, four par fives. Uh, the course is usually one of the most difficult par 71 tracks on tour. It's known for the snake pit, a very tough three-all stretch, 16, 17, and 18. It's probably going to decide the winner come Sunday. Hole 16 is always one of my favorites. Um, there's a dog leg right off the tee with water lining the whole entire right side of the fairway, uh, making accuracy off the tee a must. Uh, if you overcompensate and hit it left, trees come into play. If you overfade it or draw it for lefties, you know, they're going to hit it in the water. Uh, it's a great hole where you'll see a myriad of clubs being used off the tee. I know when the year Charles Schwartz won, um, he had an iron off the tee, leaving himself about a 210-yard approach on his way to par. Uh, Bill Haas, who was in the lead at the time, hit a perfect three-wood off the tee, but short-sighted his approach, leading to bogey and an eventual playoff loss. 
<clears throat> 16 is routinely the hardest hole on the course and one of the most difficult holes on tour. Now, Copperhead, it's deceptively long. Uh, four of the par three, four of the five par threes are over 200 yards, and all the par fives are over 550 yards, and only one par four is under 420 yards. Add the fact that driver off the tee, not necessarily a great play on most holes. Of course, it becomes a really daunting task, positioning and long iron play being the key to success. Now, off the tee, golfers will be challenged with tight tree-line fairways, massive dog legs, thickest rough, elevation changes, many bunkers, and water and play on about five holes. Uh, the fairways average in size, but tend to get more narrow the farther you get from the tee box. Most fairways on the course get extremely, extremely narrow at about the 300-yard mark off the tee. Now, because of this, the average driving distance to Copperhead is one of the shortest on tour, routinely ranking in the bottom six in average driving distance. Uh, precision and placement, more important than length and, and driver, is left in the bag for most golfers on the majority of holes. Uh, the greens are usually firm and are average in speed around 11 or 12 on the stimp unless you land the ball above the hole, since most greens here are sloped from back to front. The greens are average in size when you take into account only square footage, but it'll look much smaller to tour players because they're going to be hitting mid to long irons in their approach shots for the majority of the holes. Uh, there are also some very long, skinny putting surfaces, which skews the average size of the greens. The par 3 fourth and the 14th come to mind as greens that are very long, but the landing area by the pin is usually very tight in width. As with most courses in Florida, green, grass from the greens will be Bermuda grass and is overseen with POA, but there has been some info that the POA is dormant and it's uh, full Bermuda on the greens, which makes sense. Uh, since the uh, tournament usually played around mid-March is now in late April. So that Poe is probably dying off by now. Uh, what are you looking for in golfers this week, my friend? A lot of what you just said, I think that's a big thing is we know the course quite well. We've seen some stuff in the past. So, you know, for me, I got my notes, you know, keep an eye on recent form. Not, not a place to get right. We know this, but just, you know, shorter, narrow courses. So Harbor Town, Sawgrass, Colonial, PJ National, some of that stuff will get brought up throughout some of the guys we talk about here. Uh, ball strikers in general, just the recent form that goes with it, the approach, par five scoring, like you mentioned, par three scoring, all around game, but not really a spot where you're going to come in and just all of a sudden surprise win in, in, the, in the past, at least. So uh, excited to get into it here, Kenny. You got a lot of stuff to go through, but uh, lot, lots of, uh, lots of good, good guys in the field, including these guys at the top. Yeah, let's get to the top. We got Paul Casey all the way to JT. Who you got? Never going to say no to JT. Uh, the interesting dynamic here will probably be what people do with Dustin Johnson. Obviously, Dustin Johnson coming in and, you know, is probably his worst form in quite some time. But you also normally don't get stretches like we got out of Dustin Johnson from anyone. So, uh, you know, that's what makes it a little more polarizing and tough for some people to come around to. But never going to say no to JT. Uh, you know, I mentioned just a second ago talking about um, the players, you know, TPC Sawgrass being involved, you know, just that type of course. That's what this reminds me a lot of. I think JT at the top, if he gets ignored, would be a mistake. So uh, I'm going to be in on JT. Always love me some JT, especially at 11.5. It's, you know, if people are going to go away from it. I'll be on it. Uh, you know, J in the stats models and whatnot, DJ is popping more. But if you look at, you know, approach, birdies are better, you know, bogey avoidance, all those things. He's still right there as, you know, one of the number one golfers in the world. So uh, go with him. And then I kind of like Reed. Down at the bottom, I'm not sure what the sentiment will be on Casey right there at 10,000, just because you know winning it the last two years. But I think for cash games and stuff, people plug him in automatically. Not sure what you're doing yet. I won't spoil it. But then as far as you know, the other guys go, we'll get to you know Connors, and then we get down to the 9K range. I think it 
could be an area that, you know, someone like Reed goes overlooked. And I do like Patrick Reed. Obviously has a great history coming here, you know, second, seventh, second, miscut here last year, but coming in with some decent form. And even if people play him, there's still, you can't play them all. And there's going to be guys on Casey, on Connors, on JT and DJ above. So uh, I don't think it's like he's going to be 30 or 40% here, anything to worry about. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start with Casey as my first cash game cornerstone back-to-back wins. I mean, prior to his, I think with Masters, uh, he had like, he was rolling off top 10 after top 10. I don't see anything wrong here. If you look at him on difficult courses, and this course can play difficult. Uh, third, strokes gained tee to green in the last 50 rounds on really, really tough courses. Fourth, in bogey avoidance, uh, which I think is going to be something to look at this week in the last 50 rounds on tough courses uh, in this field. So I like Paul Casey as my first cash game cornerstone. And I'm going to play Patrick Reed. Uh, again, another guy I like at, at tougher courses, a guy who can grind it out, uh, normally avoid the bogeys out there uh, and, and can compete when it comes down to a um, a lower scoring type event. So, and I think it's possible that I'm going to fade the top three uh, just because I like the 9K and the high 8K range so much. Thing is, if you overload on 11K guys, which a lot of times you have to do to be above the field. Uh, to ha- have some leverage in ownership, uh, you tend to either, you know, and then you play, you tend to either miss out on the nine K guys or the eight K guys, uh, because just the way your lineup construction goes. And so, because of that, I like a lot of the nine K range, and I like a lot of that upper eight K range. So, I think it's possible. And again, it's early this week; I could change my mind. But as of now, I'm thinking of fading the top three guys. Uh, so that's how I'm going to go about um, this this week up top. Now, if we go to the 9K range, my second cash game cornerstone is going to be Terrell Hatton, uh, 11th in strokes gained tee to green in uh, in uh, tough courses, one of the best long iron players out there, one of the better par three players out there. Uh, you know, so I like Hatton. Uh, and, and, you know, when it comes to course history and stuff, I mean, for cash, you look at it, um, and people, you always, you know, if, if you're a cash, a course history type guy, you're going to look at it. But a lot of these people who have succeeded here, who have won, their course history hasn't been that great. So I don't think it's a necessity uh, this week. I don't think you should avoid it, but I don't think it's a necessity uh, to look at it. So uh, I like Hatton, uh, my second cash game cornerstone. I like Louie, um, you know, again, another guy. When it comes down to tough, he's good on par fours. He gains a lot of birdies on tough courses. I think he's inside the top 20 uh, in this field. Uh, I like him a lot. I like Sungjae, who's you think you've seen him play a little bit better. You're getting back onto Bermuda, which is, of course, his favorite putting surface. So those are some of the guys I like in the 9K range. What are you going to do about Corey Connors? It looks like uh, from what I've been seeing and hearing that he's going to be chalked. 18 to 1 is almost unbettable, first yeah. off. He has the same odds as Patrick Reed, which – I don't know how that's possible uh, at this point in time. I mean, Corey Connor says one win in his life, you know, and that was a Monday qualifying win. Right. I think. Uh, and, and I don't know. I, I just don't, I, it's a lot. And, you know, I can see why people like him this week because, you know, he's been playing really, really good golf. I think he's unbettable. It doesn't mean I won't play him in DFS. What are you going to do about this? Yeah, I'm still going to play him. That's what I was going to say. I, I hope that pe- people decide because of that and it keeps his ownership at least in check. He's obviously going to be likely the highest owned on the slate, I think, just based on everything around that. But the, the betting number, I saw our boy Jeff Feinberg today. He was talking about it on Twitter and people got a little riled up, but he said the exact same thing you were just saying. It's like, why? We're talking about winning a golf tournament when we're betting. They're, they have to win here, right? You know, and when you're talking about those odds and 
Reed has so many wins versus Connors, the Valero Texas open off of a Monday queue, uh, much different. So, you know, can he win? Absolutely. Is he playing great? Yes. That's why I'm going to play him. And I'm just going to stick to the normal theme, right? Play who we want up here in DFS. There's lots of ways to get different down below. We've seen plenty of chalk fail us down there in the past. So uh, I'm going to continue to play Corey Connors. I think he's great. And then, like I said, talking about the form, it, it's not a guy that needs to get right. He's clearly right. Everything's looking damn good. And fourth that the RBC heritage goes with what we just talked about, or what I mentioned, at least with the coming in on similar style course, or at least, uh, you know, a fit that makes sense as well on top of how good his game has just been all around. So uh, hard for me to go away, regardless of the ownership, hopefully with late in the week, you always get that conversation around, Oh, he's going to be 25 or 30%. I'm just going to look to get different elsewhere. I will I'll have enough lineups that I can still, Get some other guys, other guys I like, you know, Scheffler, Hatton, Answer, you know, Sungjae. Th these guys are all good plays in there. So, you know, Neiman even, there, there's a lot of guys, but uh, I'm going to, I'm still going to play Corey Connors and enough of them that it matters. So uh, tough to get away from that. Just, I know it's only Monday, Kenny, but you know, you think what, 30%, 25%? I mean, I think so. And I don't, it's tough that it, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to play him. We'll see. I mean, he fits everything. So. Uh, it's possible, but yeah, I think he's going to be highly owned. But who do you like other than that in this range there, Tambo? Yeah, I was with you with Hatton. You you mentioned him, like, a, you know, just mentioned a couple guys that I get to. But uh, the thing about Hatton is, you know, he's been cr crushing us, but only in majors and big events, like the players and things like that. So uh, I think, uh, you know, if you look at overall game, the price is low for a guy with his upside and the ability I did, to Yeah, I, I thought that too. That was another reason. It seems like value for Hatton at $9,400. I mean, Usti's above him. Connors is above him. I mean, that just seems weird to me for a guy of his caliber. I think I think it's definitely value there at that price. Yeah, I like him and, and I like answer to the same thing, right? I, I've talked about answer in the past a lot, but just sort of the the overall fit or the style. And, and it's not like he's been playing bad. So answer only played here once before he got 16th. But that aside, his play is his results are 18th, 26th, 23rd, 18th, 22nd, and 18. He's like a walking top 20. And I get some will say, well, you know, 9,300, you might need a little bit more than that. It is possible, but just in general, the big thing here too. So that's the form is fine, but we talked about, or you mentioned it in your preview, you know, bogey avoidance and just being able just to skate by with pars is a great score here. And that's, he's number one in the field over the last 50 last 50 events so uh, he's not gonna crush you very often and that's why he'll sneak those out but then again it only takes one good saturday to vault you into the the hunt on sunday or a uh, sunday where you're coming from behind in a low scoring or a high scoring tournament like this it could be a possibility that gets you there so uh, i like answer i mentioned sung jay he lines up for me and then even henley at the bottom do you got any russell henley takes because I, I think he's a nice value and he's coming in playing some good golf all the stats line up ninth here just a few years ago 42nd last time out you know the stats are the big thing for me in the form coming in any love for russell henley right there at the bottom yeah definitely definitely i do like the way he avoids big numbers especially on tough courses uh and, and that's something that's very attractive about him this week so i'm down with the hen dog this week yeah at the honda as well too i brought it up earlier but you know there'll be some other guys that we bring up later that it'll start to correlate a little bit more, but you know, Sung Jay obviously played, you know, poorly there, if you will. And, and he still came eighth the year after winning it. So it was pretty good defense, but I, I wouldn't say he played like it's a game or anything. And that's why he didn't win a 70 on Sunday. Wasn't going to cut it all those factors, and, but Henley fourth or sorry, Henley third at the, at the Honda. So, you know, that coming in is nice. Again, tough track, Florida track, a lot of similarities. I think that's going to be a, a good spot to go at nine K right there at the bottom. Well, if we're talking about Florida courses, we're going to go to my third cash game cornerstone. It's Mr. Coke Rack at $8,700 with three straight top tens 
in Florida. A good track track record here. Fifth in strokes gained tee to green on difficult courses in the last 50 rounds. Top 10 in bogey avoidance on difficult courses in the last 50 rounds. I like Mr. Kokrak as my third cash game cornerstone. I do like Rosie a little bit. You saw a glimpse uh, of a little bit of improvement in his game. Another guy who tends to play well on tougher tracks. Uh, so I do like Mr. Rose uh, going down a little bit more. I like Chris Kirk played well the last time out. Um, you know, again, another guy who avoids the big number and you're going to have to avoid those numbers here, um, you know, to, to be able to get into it. And it's tough because it's an extremely, extremely tough course. I'll play a little bit of Grillo who played well uh, last week, uh, the last time out as well. Of course, the elite iron player. So I can go with Emiliano here a little bit. Also, who do you like? It's funny you mentioned I'm, you know, I'm skipping ahead here with the bet segment, betting segment. But first guy I bet this morning was Kokrak. And it was mainly because I looked at that Corey Connors number and laughed and then went to another Canadian born, Canadian born Jason Kokrak. But uh, 40 to one, I got him at and it's already dropped since. So I was pretty pumped about that. It just to me made a lot more sense. It has, you know, it's not all about course history here for me. Like I, I mentioned before, it's way more about recent form. But when you can line both of those things up, Kokrak's been playing some really good golf. He was even hotter before his little recent stretch where, you know, he's still making cuts, but not really doing as much. He had a ninth, eighth, ninth streak back there. And at this course, he's done really well. Second, eighth, seventh, you mentioned it all. So I was in on that. And then Rose was the second guy, I bet. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There were some weird numbers. 45. Didn't you think? Yeah. I, got, I mean, yeah. like 45 for him. And then 35 for Kokrak and 18 for, for Corey Connors. I mean, th- those numbers just seem a little strange uh, to me. Uh, I mean, like Usti is 35 and he never fucking wins. Grillo has better odds than fucking Justin Rose. And I know Rose, he hasn't been playing his best, but it looks like it's coming back a little bit. He's played pretty well here. I thought Rose was an auto bet at 51. Yeah. I mean, I'm with just- you. And, and when I bet them, because I bet them way early, like as soon as I woke up, yeah. It was more about like, okay, now that I've bet these, I feel good. Like I like that okay. regardless Rose of what happens. Just dropped the 45 to one and I haven't bet him yet like an idiot. So I'm betting him now before it drops even more. So <laughs> there you go. I saw it at 50 to one earlier. I didn't bet yet. So, now yeah. Now he's on, dropped on the my book, On my book, he's already down to 35 from the 45 oh, that I got yeah. him at. So it just goes yeah. to show. But I, I mean, my thing was after I bet them, I'm like, okay, now I'm waiting on pricing. I just was praying pricing would match up so I could get some of these guys. And now you've got Rose there, 8,800, Kokrak, 8,700. So I like them. I also like Brian Palmer. Uh, you know, I just, you know, talk about him pretty much all the time when, at least when Rom's on the slate, and I know we don't have that here this week, but Ryan Palmer's another guy, again, 7, 34, 17, 17, 17. Like talk about good incoming form. Never really broke the slate here, if you will, if, you know, in golf terms. If, if he came out, he hasn't done incredibly well here. But I thought it was priced in and just for the stats and everything across the board, it looked like, you know, solid for me. We also know if the wind gets up, Ryan Palmer is the guy that you can trust and go to. So, uh, you know, all the numbers for me lined up. I was okay with him and I, I, I'm talking about betting too much. We'll get to that later. But anyway, at 8,500, I'll play him. Tringali, go back to the well with him. I can't remember what I saw that stood out to me, but it was uh, one of these recent events that we had here. And I had it in front of me just two seconds ago. A 13th at the Honda. And again, like I said, the Honda will come up again more. I'll bring it up a couple times later on when we get into some of the value plays. But Tringali, you know, not miscut, but before that, 9th, 13th, 31st, 7th. He's had a few good outings there. We've seen the ball striking be on pretty much. Uh, the price went right back down to ground zero for him. It's, you know, 8,400s mid-tier, but nothing too crazy. You mentioned Grillo. 
And then Kirk is another guy that we've just been playing, and I'm going to stick with playing Chris Kirk at uh, 8,200. Let's move to the 7K range. One of my favorite plays is going to be Gary Woodman uh, at $7,800. He showed a little bit of form. Uh, where was it? The Valspar, I think. Uh, where his game – or Valero, I'm sorry. Where his game looked like it started it was starting to come back uh, there just a tidbit. Uh, so I like I like Woodland because more he's actually the number one ranked golfer in the last 50 rounds in my model in difficult courses. Um, so I think I don't know how popular it'll be. I don't know. I haven't really read anyone else's stuff quite yet. So I don't know if his name's being thrown around. The only one when I was checking Twitter earlier, I just saw everyone talking about Coy Connors. Uh, but other than that, like, you know, I don't know. So if you can get a single digit own, I really like him as a GPP play uh, this week a lot. I like the glove, Mr. Glover, um, who had a good showing the last time he was out. I like EVR. Uh, I think the one thing about EVR, Evan, Eric Van Royen, uh, Mr. Jogger Pants, the, the guy who originated that stuff, and we actually saw Colin Morikawa uh, wear those, and I think that's probably why he missed the cut uh, this past <laughs> week at the Zurich Classic. But uh, EVR, um, the one thing about him is, you know, his game is really, really good, but off the tee, he can just go buck wildness out there, like going like 85 yards right and getting a fucking triple bogey. Uh, you see that like every once every round for him. Now, hopefully on the course where he doesn't have to use a driver very often, uh, he might actually be okay in the last 50 rounds, second in the field in strokes gain approach and seventh in the field in strokes gain tee to green. Last 50 rounds in this field on hard courses. Top five and birdies are better game on hard courses. Um, so I like EVR as another uh, little nice GPP play who I do not think will be very, very highly owned. What about you in this upper range? I don't think uh, EVR or even, even Woodland probably won't be that high owned. I think it's you know, a lot of the older guys around there. I like a couple. Like I like Keegan Bradley. I like Kevin Streelman. These guys just set up well for these courses. We've seen them play well recently. They've got the, the all-around game, and the price is pretty fair for them. I, I like your Woodland call. Uh, you know, EVR makes sense if you mentioned, like, on hard courses, because when we normally play them, and talk about this all the time, but is, you know, majors or WGCs or something with tougher fields at tougher courses, uh, this isn't quite that, but this is a pretty strong field. You know, got those guys at the top we talked about, JT, DJ, Reed, Casey, some of those guys, and Casey – you know, getting lumped in there, but being, you know, defending champion back-to-back coming in for the third in a row is, would be pretty crazy. So uh, in an event like that, I don't mind the EVR call. I like Hadwin. Uh, we've talked about him the past few weeks, but uh, you know, if you look at it, I think I, I had it up here as well with Hadwin was uh, just recently, where was it? Also at the Honda eighth place there. So uh, Hadwin was another guy on my list and obviously a former uh, champion here. He won Three years ago, four years ago, I can't remember. Obviously, not two years ago. That was Casey. I think it was three or four years ago uh, that he won here. So did that's hear, just had one real quick. Did you hear what his wife tweeted? I did not. Like, I guess she cropped him out of her avatar on Twitter, and so she said before anyone makes any assumptions, she just cropped him out because he likes he brought home chunky peanut butter. I just thought it was funny, random. <laughs> One of the random things I saw, and she's Gosh. like a smooth, a smooth peanut butter girl. Yeah, it's pretty harsh right there to, to crop out your husband because he enjoys chunky peanut butter. Anyway, random shit again. Brain's not working. Go ahead, had go. I don't. I was about to call you Adam Haddon. That's how much <laughs> my brain is working right now. Canadian, yes. Go ahead, Tabo. Well, let's hope he his his play sides with his wife and it's smooth this week because I'm gonna play some Adam Hadwin because right, he, good I like that I like that no, I like that dad joke of the year but 7600 yeah, yeah. bucks man I, I'm in on Hadwin like I said I, it's all 
coming together a little bit here, at least, you know, eighth at the Honda, like I mentioned, 23rd after that win here a couple of few years back. So I think it's a good spot to go back to Gallagher. And just another guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So uh, I do like him to round out sort of that upper 7K range. Who do you like here? This is where it gets a bit dicey for me. It's a lot of big names, but, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that we haven't seen a lot from lately. So from 7,400 down to 7K, where are you at here, Kenny? I'm going with Peter Uline, who won a Corn Ferry event two weeks ago. And last week came in to a, a really good showing at Zurich. And I know Zurich doesn't count that very much, but he, hit, he had the highest, the best alternate, him and Warinsky, the best alternate stroke score combined in that event ever to not win. Uh, so they were playing some damn good golf, you know. Usually best ball is the one where you score a lot, but then they were minus eight for the week in alternate shot, which is Fucking amazing, really, uh, for these two guys. Uline Orensky and Uline's coming off a win on the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm in on him getting that form coming in. I'll go with him a little bit. Um, Phil, I don't know. I don't know. He's been playing really well, uh, better than I expected him to play the last few times, but I don't think I could play him on this course. What do you think about Phil? I'm not in on Phil. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing it lately, and it you know, made some sense to me. I guess, you know, you could stick with it. I just, there's other guys above that I'd just rather go up to. And then, uh, like I said, when you get down here, I'm going to play a bunch of my normal faves, but yeah. uh, like Danny Willett, I would play for the same price. Right? I'd rather play Pat and Kaziah. The flop lag on that is going to be, it's going to break Twitter because he just destroyed everyone at 6,500 bucks. And now oh, did he? Yeah. you got to go back to him. We, everyone just played him two weeks ago at the, at the heritage. Yep. And I think he, I believe he missed the cut on the number after going like plus five the first day or whatever it was. So of course he battled all the way back, misses the cut at the end as the value play of the week, the value play special. And now he's back up slightly to 7,200. But if you realistically, if you like him at 6,500 there, 7,200 is not that much different at this tournament. So I don't know, man, like that'd be something I, I kind of like, Will it? You just talked earlier about EVR in this way, but sort of like hard course, harder field, tougher track, all that sort of thing. And you look at Will it coming in, I just had it, but you know, eighth, 18th, and eighth before that has seen the course a couple times. You know, you could grind something out here, uh, especially if it is that higher score that we're thinking or single digit or something like that. Then he's always live, right? You can just, you know, have a good Saturday and be right there in the mix. So it's hard to go back to Phil uh, and play more or play more Phil if you were already riding him or on him. But uh, I could I'd see rather the- play, I'd rather play Russell Knox, and that's saying something. Yeah. Russell's probably one of my favorite plays down here in this lower range other than Uline. Another guy who does really well on hard courses. Last 50 rounds, 10th in strokes game, Tita Green in the field. Doesn't make too many bogeys. Um, so I like him. And he had, he showed a little something uh, about a month ago. And, you know, the game can always go – is always up and down. He's never consistent. That's why he's $7,100. When you get down to this range, um, consistency is what these guys are missing. Uh, and he's definitely one of them. But I do like Russell Knox. What about and, uh, and, on the field about, topic? Stands. Uh, go ahead. I was about, just about to ask you, were you about to say, what about Sneds? I was going to say Stenson. Okay, I was going to say, what about Snedeker? Because Sneds, Stenson sounds the same, but what, what are your thoughts? You talk to me about both of them, because Snedeker is another guy, almost like the Phil situation, where he's coming and playing some pretty good golf, but, uh, you know, has seen the course plenty, all of that lines up. So what, what about him? I, I could probably get on board with, 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 with Snedeker this week. Probably, maybe a little bit more in Stenson. I mean, the thing about, man, he, Stenson showed a little bit at the Masters the first few rounds. Um, so I think both those guys are alive at this low of a price range. Well, one more guy I got to bring up here. You know, maybe I don't know if you want to talk about Doug Gim. I think I've heard some people 
mentioned Doug Gim today, just based on the stats, the models, all the things, the recent form, obviously is still good. And we want to play him. He's another pretty solid uh, bounce, but you know, just a, a candidate that can go low at 7,300. But the, the guy I wanted to bring up was Charles Schwartzel. And again, nothing to do with last week. That was, it was funny. He basically looked like he was carrying Louie down the stretch, at least from what I saw. I don't know about the stuff before, so I shouldn't comment on it, but uh, Louie going in the water at the end after, you know, Schwartz was trying to do his thing to help the cause. But before that, he's, you know, had some pretty good results. Former winner here. Uh, the betting number on him was stupid this morning. Didn't make any sense to me either. So I, I could play a little bit of Charles Schwartz at 7,100, grind out, make the cut, and then just see what happens over the weekend. I do like that. Uh, especially if it's going to be, you know, minus eight, minus nine type event. All right, this sounds good. Let's move to the 6K range. I sort of like Ryan Moore a little bit. Uh, he's made four of his last five cuts after really struggling in the beginning of the year. Again, another hardcore, hardcore, hardcore specialist. Um, you know, a guy who always has done well on it, a top 10 in strokes game tee to green on difficult courses, last 50 rounds. So I do like him there a little bit. I'll go with Ches Revi. Uh, this is sort of like the type of course that I like him at um, where you don't have to bring driver out that much and his accuracy off the tee should be helpful. Really good with his longer irons. Same with Tyler Duncan, another guy good with his longer irons. Uh, another guy I could see playing this week down here. Um, Roger Sloan, uh, another guy that I, oh, I'm sorry, Roger Sloan, isn't he Canadian? Yeah. He Canadian? Yeah, yeah. I like him. He, he's had, he ran a, a good roll with a bunch of top 25s before his latest miscut. Uh, see if he can come back and get that form back um, just a little bit. Will Gordon, another guy, one of the best from 200 plus uh, in this field. There's going to be a lot of longer irons down here. So there's definitely some plays. Hey, real real yeah. quick, and we should have brought this up earlier. There's at least three guys that I know of. I did catch this today, but Will Gordon's out. Uh, him oh. and Bryce Garnett, COVID-19 symptoms oh. or whatever popped up. And then uh, Cam Champ also is in the player pool at 7,500 was another guy that uh, withdrew today. So that's the three. Yeah, There's well, more than that for the week, but those three for sure as of today, and they're in the player pool. I guess Will Gordon is not one of my favorite plays in this <laughs> range then. So so there you go. So who do you like in this range? What about this? Uh, we'll go way off the board for a second. There's a bunch of other guys here, but the Chase squared combo. So Chase Seifert oh. at 6,600. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that. My final cash game cornerstone. Is Chase Seifert? Oh, there you go. <laughs> at at uh at sixty six hundred dollars. Uh, you know, again, another guy, top twenty five, top in both approach and tee to green on tough courses. Uh, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. I think at least five. Uh, I think he's good value. And if I want to play those three guys up top, I gotta go cheap. So my four cash game cornerstones for the week, which I almost forgot to mention, which is how this week is going for me mentally. Uh, Paul Casey at ten k, Hatton at ninety four hundred. Co-crack at 8,700 and Seifert at 6,600. Now go ahead with your co-crack. Well, I was gonna, with, with Seifert, I was going to say, you know, FSU guy. So obviously that's big. We always like Chase Seifert in Florida as it is. Third at the Honda was huge. And I, like I said, the Honda would come up. And, and I got the Chase squared combo because Chase Kepka is stone minimum $6,000. He's got, it's his second. I was trying to remember what it was, but all I, all I know is uh, four out of six made cuts in PGA Tour stroke play events from Florida. It's his home state, and he just got T30th at the Honda. So I'm definitely going to sprinkle in some Chase Kepka down at 6,000. I think it's a fine play. And, you know, putting up the T30 at the Honda is pretty big. He doesn't get a lot of starts out here. It's going to be a guy that's grinding. So uh, love to see that one down there at 6,000. That one makes a lot of sense to me. You mentioned more. Uh, what about Keith Mitchell? We at 7,000, we skipped over that, but uh, did play well. I saw last week at the Zurich, I saw my guy 
STL cards say he played well enough to just stay on him, but we like him on Bermuda. He's got a little bit of form coming in now. Uh, did you have any love for Keith Mitchell at 7,000? I do now, I guess. I'll play him since you want to play him down. And, and okay. if, 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 if Derek Farnsworth said to play him, I'll, oh, no, she's the St. Louis cards. If, if, if Justin wants to play him, I'll play him. Yeah, for sure. That's what I, I was thinking. That was a, a good call either way, but yeah. uh, I do like that. I've always been a bit of a Keith Mitchell guy, so I, I will stick with him. Uh, going down here, otherwise, there's not a lot for me. Um, you know, just looking at a couple guys, I'll always play, uh, but like, man, it's really ugly down here. The the Seifert play, uh, your guy Cam Percy was there. He was popping a little bit. Peter Malnati, like these are the guys that are popping in the models, but not as much. So uh, in taking everything into consideration, Kenny, and just looking at it, uh, it definitely looks like the balance builds will be where everyone goes this week, right? When you when you look at what's down here versus what we talked about forever within the 8K, the 9K, and the 7K range, pretty much looks like uh, balance builds will be the majority of what we see this week. All right, let's go to bets. I got my four for this week. I'll probably add a couple of more later in the week in my write-up. First, Terrell Hatton, 25 to 1, which I'll take in this field. I, I feel like it's a decent number. For a guy with that many stars up top, I don't mind that. Um, Coke crack, 35 to 1. Uh, Rose, 45 to 1 now, since that's when I bet him. And Woodland, 80 to 1. Okay. I pretty much gave my whole card away, I think, but I got Coke crack, 40. Rose, 45. Schwartzel, 140 with a top five each way. And then Chase Seifert, 225 with a top five each way. And, and four bets for this week. For me all right that sounds good man you can find me on twitter oh a one and done shit let's do one and done i don't even fucking know i forgot about that shit hold on let me look back real quick uh i will go uh reed or casey or kokrak it was just a few short weeks ago you couldn't give out the name because you were going to take this thing down and now you don't you have you forgot all about it. i'm guessing i forgot all about it i'm guessing it's went downhill since then but i think yeah. so i think so yeah if you don't want to bet connor's at 18 to 1 you know plug him in something like that casey obviously the repeat champion those will be the top you know two options that people are throwing in there and then you can get crazy off the board a little bit with the schwartzel or something like that if you like him down there but uh you know the only thing i'll say the last thing i'll say before we get out there kenny on connor's the bet thing the betting number do you remember, I think it was the, I mean, it was, I'm pretty sure I just can't remember when it was. It was the Shell Houston Open when uh, Russell Henley was like 23 to one or 25 to one. And everyone was like, just, that's the dumbest number of all time. There's no way you can bet that, even though he really did line up perfectly for it. And then he went on to ship it. And that is the way things go sometimes. So just cause it's 18 to one, a lot of times you'd trade in a hundred dollar bill for an $1,800 bill if you could. So if you think it's possible that he wins this week, you can't hate on it all that much. There's, there's still opportunity there. It just it's it could happen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think the a hundred dollar bet will turn into a zero dollar money if you bet on him this or week. Like, I don't know. But I we do that see. anyway. We we do That's that every true. week anyway. That's a normal so thing for us. So yeah. you're right. You're you're 100 correct on that. Yeah. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Uh, my course preview is already up. I'll have more bets later on the week, and I'll have my favorite plays, my definitive favorite plays in each pricing tier uh, by Wednesday. And I'm about to go to bed. I'll tell you that right now, Tambo. 
What about you? The the non-vendor plays of the week from Kenny once he gets oh, uh, off this stretch and gets back into it. But you guys know what to find next me. Next week, on- baby. Next week. By the time the PGA rolls around, I'll be wide open. Oh, I got yeah. an easy job coming up next. So I'm but I'm ready. I just need sleep and like I don't know, just not to wake up at goddamn 4 30 in the morning and get home at 7 30 <laughs> in the morning. I just need to not do that for a couple of weeks and I'll be okay. Uh, I'll be back to it. We'll get back to you, Kenny. Yeah. I, I have faith. But you, you know where to find me on Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions or in the Roto-Grinders Discord. Mention at the top, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Head over there, get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Doing my normal shows over there this week. So last week was my, my vacation. Now back to the full-on grind. Tomorrow night with STL Cards, previously mentioned, and Derek Farnsworth, also previously mentioned, when you mix right. their names up. So you can catch me on that show. Wednesday night show, I'm, I believe, with STL Cards again. Going over the player pool, the lineup HQ settings, everything that we're using as far as exposures and all of that. Uh, other than that, Kenny, that's about it. That's all I got. Didn't you week. win like 15K in some GPP during your vacation? Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I won a, a M- M- MLB tournament on FanDuel on the second night I was there, I think. So, yeah, it was good. That was uh, nice to see. The kids were a little crazy that week. So, you know, to, I was saying this might be a waste of money coming out to these mountains and spending this coin and getting this place. But that made up for it. So it ended up being a really good week overall. Yeah, well, I fucking hate you because you're on vacation and you won 15K. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to be a good week. We're getting back to normal stroke play event. It's a great course. It's, and it should be fun to watch. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Tired of waking up hot and uncomfortable? Start sleeping cool on the Temper Breeze by Tempur-Pedic. It's engineered with a revolutionary cooling system that pulls excess heat away from your body to help you sleep deeper all night and wake up more refreshed every morning. During the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, save $500 on all Temper Breeze mattresses and experience your coolest sleep this summer with our best breeze savings of the year. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.